everybody, all my friends and family and not friends and family that happens to listen to our nonsense. Um, this is the Mental Matters Podcast, where we are looking to redefine what man up means in a more positive light. So, Richard, got my boy on the mic. What up, though? What up, though? Jarrell is here once again. Hey. Hey, Richard didn't get rid of me yet, so I'll keep coming back as long as he keeps wait, having wait, me. Wait, wait. <laughs> I didn't get rid of you? You didn't get rid of me yet, so... <laughs> I feel like I can't say certain things when I'm around you. I just be like, oh, man, like, I got to be on my, like, PG stuff. No, 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 it's not like that. Okay, good. Everybody has to be themselves. That's what makes the you world sure? go around. You sure? Because I be chasing away people, man. Nah, We've lost a good, like, 10 guests. Like, oh, man, he too ratchet. Mm, that was for the best, then. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Well, we are here with episode 23 of the Mental Matters Podcast, and I'm excited because we have a lot of great things in store. And yeah, but first off, what's been going on with you, bro? Uh, well, I had a birthday since the last episode. Hey, yeah, turned twenty-eight years old you on the twenty-fourth. Oh, <laughs> I got two years until I'm thirty, so trying to hit as many uh like places on the map as I can. Trying to do Vegas and Myrtle Beach and a couple other places before I turn thirty. So yeah, I'm uh still trying to figure out this adult thing, but it's a process that I'm evolving with. I feel like we never gonna really figure out what it means to be an adult, yeah. and then we just gonna pass on some things that just worked well, <laughs> yeah. and then they gonna keep passing on things that worked well. That probably is what's been happening, but we just thought it was this big, like I don't know, like spaceship that was gonna come and take us somewhere and teach us all this stuff. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a spaceship. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Of course, a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I had a good birthday. I, I ate good, got some good presents. Uh, but I'm kind of doing it like P Diddy style where. River, he had a birthday and it was like an all white party for a whole week and he was oh, on a boy. yacht. So I mean I don't do the white party thing or I don't have a yacht, but I mean I'm extending <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm extending it for another weekend. That's fair. So that's that's what's been up with me though. Well let me know these plans because you ain't said nothing. Oh yeah, I got I got the flyer. I'm gonna send it to you. I'm gonna send flyer? it to you. Yeah. Oh my god. I didn't make it. Somebody else made the flyer. A so. Birthday flyer. Yeah. Bro, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to touch you. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Oh man, here we go, man. But yeah, everything's good. Uh, my homeboy dropped a new song. I was excited. Okay. J. Cole in the building. Yeah. As Charlamagne said, the Tim Duncan a rap. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Yeah. Underappreciated, but does a lot of adds a lot of value to the league. See, as a Detroiter, I hate Tim Duncan though. Yeah. Cause oh five. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We don't even want to revisit that. Right. 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 Long. Right. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> here, goes, here goes the inbound. Inbounding. To, you know, to, to worry. Uh, blah, blah, and over three, man. Yeah. It was she fought, but. Yeah. Always got the guard the inbounder, man. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that nonsense. So, since our last episode, uh, I've been seeing a lot of nonsense about we got to cancel people in 2019. You know how January typically goes. Mm-hmm. People want to work out more. They want to cancel people and leave them behind. Right. And all that good stuff like that. So uh, we're going to get into what we call the cancellation policy. Okay. So what it means to truly cancel nouns. Okay. People, places, and things. For those that <laughs> don't know what nouns are still. Yeah. But before we get into that, we have a special guest. <laughs> Would you like to tell everyone who that great person is? I, I like to call her a good friend of mine because I didn't realize how many dope people I have in my circle that do dope things mm-hmm. until I was reaching out to somebody the other day. I'm like, yo, we need somebody to talk about this about. And she was like, 
oh, duh, like, my line says it's your personal. I was like, mm-hmm. nobody know what that means, but <laughs> I know what that means. Cool. <laughs> so, would you like to introduce yourself, ma'am? Hi, I'm Tondre Reese, uh, and I'm happy to be here. Anything else I should say in my introduction? <laughs> no problem. So, thank you for joining <laughs> us on the Mental Matters Podcast. Um, before we get started, started, just kind of tell people, like, hometown, where you're from, what you do. Oh, so I'm from Detroit originally, and right now living in Los Angeles. I am the owner of a nonprofit, and my goal is to prevent relationship abuse and sexual violence. And so I do that through training adults, talking to young people, and doing some consulting work too. Okay. So tell us about your nonprofit. So 1124 uh, is is really new. I started. Almost a year ago, it'll be a year ago, like around April, May. And what I really do is a lot of prevention work. That means that I talk about what is the the root causes of relationship abuse and sexual violence and how we can move towards preventing it. And there are professionals like all over the country who are doing that kind of work. And so what I do is offer additional support, offer them critical thinking um, and other methods to make their programming different and, and change. So I do a lot with media literacy. So just how to, like, analyze things that come through the media. I do music literacy, which is always fun because I use a lot of Cardi B in my presentation. Hey. <laughs> and then I also do um, some consulting work with the Human Trafficking Organization in Washington, so helping with program development. Cool. So it's, like, part training and the other part is very administrative. Okay. Shout out to big homie doing big things in the building, Tanji in the building. Hey. All right, so we'll go ahead and get started. Um, but you did say some really cool things about um first off your music taste. So um since you mentioned Cardi B, have you seen a new video? I have. I have video? seen it. I like it. I enjoy Cardi in general. Okay. <laughs> I did. I it, it was it was a lot. And I was like, dang, you know. What am I? What am I doing wrong right now? <laughs> hey, <laughs> I listen, can't do half this stuff. I've seen some no, of my I friends like. I've seen some of my friends get like broken up with because they watched this video. I was like, wow. Like, <laughs> I didn't know it was that serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Dang. just whole like relationship just ended just because of City Girls and Cardi. So crazy. Cardi, you ruining relationships. I'm kidding. <laughs> I thought it was dope. I mean, it's all it's all about the culture and all about the women. So. Um, Shout out to Cardi B doing dope things. Yeah. So you have all this dope nonprofit experience. And where did you go to school? I went to Grand Valley State University. Oh man. And I got my bachelor's dang. I got my bachelor's in behavioral science. And then I have a master's in education, leadership, and change from Antioch University in LA. Cool. Well, my biggest take on Grand Valley is I used to live that way for about a year, and I was introduced to the phenomenon called thundersnow, and I was very un- like just unattached <laughs> to it. Like, like, how did you deal with that weather? Like, I I know we're getting like negative one degree next week, but like, how did you deal with thundersnow? I was in Detroit until I moved to Grand Valley, and when I went there, it was no snow like that. Like, it was no kind of winter or weather. I was not prepared at all. So my first year, I definitely, like, 
ran into some ditches and oh no i got into my only like only like accident like car accident i just like we're into someone because they put down dirt then they put down salt and we ran out of salt one year then it was even more dirt so it makes it slippery and yeah it's freezing cold and you just you just make the best of it. It's not. It's nothing to walk outside and it'd be like completely clear, and then you come back and it's two hours later and it's like three feet of snow. It's, I know. That's just how it. That's just how it is. I don't know. We just stay in the house or just wrap ourselves up and just push through. Out. Um, <laughs> just that's so you, why I live in LA now, though, because that just turned me off of snow. Turned well, me all the way off of it. Well, clearly you got out of here because you in a whole ass like California right now. <laughs> so I mean, I don't blame you. But yeah, when I seen the fact that it was snowing and thundering and like lightning outside, mm-hmm. it was time to move. I was done with it. It was a wrap. <laughs> you can keep it. That's some Steven Spielberg type stuff. That is some Steven Spielberg <laughs> type stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it's, that weather is like crazy, crazy wild. I I remember I was leaving my dorm one day and it was like a blizzard outside and I was trying to get to get some food. I went to food places and I lived like really far away. And on the way there, it was fine because the wind was, like, to my back. But when I turned around, like, all the wind and snow was, like, blowing in my face. It was, like, literally nothing I could do but just walk through a blizzard. Oh, God. To get back this to seems like such a sad story. Like, I, I don't need this negativity <laughs> in my life right now. You bring back all these memories. I'm sorry. It wasn't my intention. <laughs> oh, man. All so, like snow. so we can say for you that uh, winters in Michigan is canceled for you. You good on that, right? I'm so good. I mean, like, I make an effort to not really come back. Oh, well. Like, January, February, because I know that's when the winter gets back. I will always come back for Christmas because it's, it's usually fine on Christmas. A little snow. It's like cute snow. It's cute Christmas. snow, but exactly. After that, like, what's happening right now, it's, it's like, I don't know. I just don't think I can do that anymore. Negative vibes. It'll, it'll take a lot. Yeah, like negative degrees and snow outside. I saw the blizzards. I still, I'm still friends with everybody on social media still, and I'd be like, ooh. <laughs> Watching our misery. Right. She be pointing like, Terrible. It was a beautiful day today, but we got smog, you know, so. Oh, yeah, well, everybody Earthquake. got their problems. Yeah. It's cool. We'll go work it out. So, we're going to get into our topic for this afternoon, morning, whatever you're going to call it here today. Um, so, we want to talk about the cancellation policy. And again, um, we've had a couple of different events just as a culture that we just need to um, just cancel, whether that be more of our popular, popular people or just like people that used to be in our circles that we just don't want around anymore. So, um when I say or speak of the cancellation policy, ultimately, when you go to the store uh, or, like, when you subscribe to something of that nature, there's always something that you have to pay, some type of fee, some type of sacrifice to get rid or cancel subscriptions or things of that nature or, like, return policies, things of that nature. So it's kind of the same concept, but more so with people. So, again, like, I don't know if anybody you ever have, have, like, a story about, like, if you had to cancel anybody before. Like, but we'll start with our lovely guest. So, have you ever had an experience where you had to, like, cancel somebody? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Tell us about that. Um, 
I definitely have had, like, I, what is coming to my mind first is just, like, having a friend that I realized um, was, like, an energy sucker and, like, energy really, sucker. yeah, like, just someone who just takes all of your energy and just likes to drain that or um, maybe if they're feeling down, they want to bring everybody else down with them. Mm. And so that, it was, it was okay and I was able to kind of just, like, be cool through it but then after a while I was like I'm starting to really realize that like your energy is really rubbing off on me and I don't I don't like it mm. you know and then they like also just was very like inappropriate about a lot of stuff and I you know just just being just who I am and um having things that I, I believe in I just couldn't I just couldn't rock with it no more so it was like I was just like kind of done mm. and they yeah. just were canceled, and, <laughs> and I just don't got them no more. Oh man! So it must have been. So were they like really, really close to you? Uh, yeah, it was a pretty close friend, you know, and oh, it was someone, a friend that I had made since I moved to LA, and it's it's kind of different being out here because, you know, I don't really know that many people, and mm-hmm. so the people who I do like build relationships with, we end up being like pretty close because that's you know who my circle becomes a lot, right. you know, out here. So, so yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty good friend. That's interesting. So, I think that's the you really kind of brought up some true facts, not nece- not necessarily just tea, but uh, when it comes to like having your circles of people, your ecosystems that you um, invest so much in, if you will, and then one part of that system becomes toxic to your environment. So you have to find a way to disassociate yourself with those things. Um, I've definitely had that experience in my life, and it's something that. I'm continuously even dealing with today, but uh, I think that for people that aren't equipped to cancel someone just at the drop of a dime, it may be more difficult and they may need some tools. So the purpose of this episode is not only to bring awareness to the cancellation policy, but also kind of offer you guys some tips and tricks of how to properly cancel nouns, if you will, to make sure that you're in your best mental state. So before we go on, what about you, bro? You ever had to cancel somebody? <laughs> and don't say me, because clearly no, no, no. <laughs> you can't get rid of me, buddy. <laughs> the, the earliest, the only earlier memories I have of um, canceling someone, it wasn't even my decision. It's kind of like they canceled themselves just based on, like, oh, really? I guess, like, law. Here we go. Um, <laughs> I remember being in middle school, and I had a, a, a friend. We were cool. It was probably, like, I knew him probably, like, seventh grade. And then, like, around eighth grade, he started, like, like switching up stuff like me and him wasn't like in the same homeroom class or stuff like that anymore and he got into it was like some other guys in our middle school who i was cool with right but like me and him when we hung we were kind of just like video game nerds like like just like make jokes about people stuff like that and then like the, the people he was getting in trouble with who i was cool with like you know they were more like like reckless or whatnot type of like lifestyle or whatever so oh boy. so it's like you know he ended up like getting into it with them and then, like, he ended up, like, putting my name in something that wasn't true. And, uh, and like, the guys, they had, like, you know, tipped me off. Like, hey, you talking, you know, this, that about you or whatever like that. So it, it kind of, like, that's why I said it kind of, like, canceled himself because I'm, like, all right, like, you're trying to, like, start some trouble. I'm not here for trouble. You know, I just want to come here, play chess, play basketball, go home. <laughs> so it, it, was that, it was that type of thing where you just had to, like, like don't, don't call me no more. You know, we're not hanging out no more. We ain't really cool because you, you're trying to start some mess. So. And it's funny you mentioned that because I remember just growing up in the city, like, a lot of times, 
especially you guys, we, the main thing we do after school, we go to the basketball court. Yeah. And we go hoop. And you'll have some people that are just so angry that they get in the buck 50 in their face just straight pull-ups <laughs> all day. And they get mad about it. And so these are the people that you probably grew up around the block or around. And mm-hmm. they get to the point where they're just like, man, this – this some bull who Rich think he is. It's some bullshit. <laughs> and, like, they legit, like, try to fight you or put you in harm's way. Yeah. And just growing up, especially on the east side of Detroit, like, you know, going to the different schools I went to, like, I wasn't trying to be around that because when you see that type of stuff, mm-hmm. you don't see those people in school the next day. Like, right. That stuff happens. People die. Mm-hmm. So, like, it literally became a point where it was literally damaging to, like, my existence where I had to cancel these people. Yeah. yeah. And... The weird part about it, my mom saw it and she was like, "Oh no, baby, you going to a different school?" <laughs> for the fresh prince, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with your auntie, uncle, and Bella. That's exactly what happened. So I mean, we moved school to school, so I got to a better environment for me. But again, that was sometimes I had to cancel people that were a direct harm to my life. Mm-hmm. But there was also a time where I had to cancel people that were actually nourishing to my life, but I couldn't be in that environment, mm-hmm. so I had to cancel those people too. Yep, and. It worked out because of social media. We got to reconnect and stuff now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, sometimes you win some, lose some. Like yeah. Big Sean say. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, So, I guess when it comes to making that decision to cancel someone, um, we'll start with you. So, what are some methods that you use to make sure that you properly canceled them? So... One thing I, I like just as a personal thing, I have like kind of like a, a rule mm-hmm. that if you have like one major offense, then I would say something. Um, it's just something that I'm like not really, really satisfied with. I don't, and I think it could like impact the integrity of our friendship. Then I'm gonna say something. If you could do it again, then usually it's like, okay. I really can't talk to you anymore, and I'm, I'm I really have really strong boundaries in that way, where I'm able to just just disconnect. Um, I don't know if it's always the most healthiest thing to do mm. to do in that way, but for me, it's the way that works the best because I don't really like the gray area of it. It's like you know, you know, I I really value my relationships with other people, and so because I value it, I want to make sure that I'm I'm having the best relationships I can with people. Sometimes that means I just I just can't be around certain people. So, I, I mean, I've done it in, in healthy and unhealthy ways. I've told people, like, you just don't know me anymore, so don't call me anymore. Right. And I've also just said, like, hey, you know, I just really didn't like that, and I just need some space and I need time. You know, it just mm. it just really depends on the situation and how how extreme the offense was, honestly, and how, you know how much I feel like I, if I feel like I can you know reconnect with the person and we can be cool later, then that's different. But some people I'm like I just have no interest, you know. So I think that setting your own boundaries and like if it's something that like a situation where you're you really still care about the person, I think it is best to to actually talk to them and tell them why. Because mm. sometimes we assume that people know what we're thinking, as opposed to just being upfront and letting someone know this is why I was upset or this is why it's just not working for me. Um, and it's it's not an easy conversation to have, but I think sometimes it's really necessary, especially if you, you know, value the relationship in a way where you feel like you can reconnect maybe at a later time, but right now it's not the right time for it. I also think, too, like, ain't nothing wrong with the block button. There's nothing wrong with that either. I 
I definitely have blocked people, and I'm okay with it, you know? Yeah. You know, and I think that that's another another way <laughs> that, you know, if you go somebody, it's not always a great thing to do, you know, but what? I think that... You know, it just, I I think that they, that's so situational. I do. Mm. I think it's very situational when you can, like, for real, like, just go to them. In which people, honestly, like, I can, and I say that by saying people probably have said I go to them, and I probably didn't think of it as go to them. I just stopped talking to you. That's fair. I just stopped, I stopped, I stopped reaching out. Yeah. You know what I mean? If someone reached out to me, I'd probably say something, but mm. I wouldn't be, you know, I, I wouldn't be the person to initiate that conversation or contact. Right. I feel that. So, I guess I want to flip it. So, we talked about canceling other people. But have you ever been in a situation where you got canceled? Oh, for sure. <clears throat> you know why you yeah. got canceled? Um, This probably because that friendship or that relationship was over, mm. you know. Probably because I just also, let me see. I'm trying to think of a situation where I know I definitely have been canceled. It's Probably they were in a different place in their life. <laughs> you going to offer you know? some stories? Oh, yeah, here we go. I would say one thing. I, I I know I've definitely been canceled by, like, exes who are now, like, in relationships and married. Like, oh, those boy. are people who have canceled me. And that's a great, great reason to cancel, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's why I've been canceled, for sure. Um, and I think this, yeah, I think that's why maybe, and other reasons, I don't know. Because, you know, I feel like I just wouldn't, I don't know if people, other people have cancer me in that way. That's all time I can think of. Mm. And if they have, then Good job. I didn't know because maybe I wasn't reaching out to them either. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe it wasn't, a, maybe they canceled me, but I just didn't know because I didn't reach out to them either. <laughs> I don't, I can't be canceled because <laughs> you was already canceled, <laughs> basically. I don't know. That's yeah, cool. I can't. I can't think of it unless somebody definitely did. I think maybe some people might have unfriended me on social media. Oh, well. they might have canceled me in that way. Oh, it's, it's just social media. That don't count, do it. But I don't know, no, not not since like I was like in high school, middle school. I think that since I like started to, since I started to learn about healthy relationships and look at relationships differently from that perspective, I feel like my relationships with people are a lot stronger. Okay, where I'm able to be really like handle conflict in a different kind of way and gotcha. address things to people in a, in a different kind of way. So like I have really strong relationships with people because I put value and place value in that. So I can't even think of, I really honestly can't even think of it. If someone did, I don't really think I, I know, like they haven't said anything to me about me being, you know, me being cut out their life. I don't know. It's cool. Yeah. We don't need that negativity in 2019. <laughs> not, no, not at all. That part. Yeah. I don't know. What about you, bro? You ever been canceled before? It wasn't like a, a serious like cancel thing. It was more like um, I remember like being in like in high school, and I got this girl phone number, and uh, like I had like you know you got like the two weeks off of like Christmas break going into New Year or whatever. Oh boy! So I called her <laughs> over the break. I'm like, hey, what's up? How you been doing? All of this and that, you know, small talk. Like, oh, you went to the mall? What you buy? This, this, this like silly stuff like that, and. uh and then I remember, like, I only called it, like, probably, like, two or three times over the break. And um, I don't know. It's just, like, I, I remember going back to school, and it was just, like, it's like, ugh. Like, <laughs> that type of thing. You're like boring. <laughs> you so boring. So I, I remember that. But, like, it, was, it, was, it wasn't, like, a, um, 
like a flat out like Ugh, get out of my face mm. it was more like nah we're not gonna like take it there that That's type fair. of thing, which is which is cool with me, just you know, just be honest about it. But I remember that was probably like the first like I don't know if it was more like cancel or it was just a rejection, but that was like the first time that I felt that. I think that we will, that's what we call natural selection. I think yeah. that, that that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Because like again, if you are trying to start vibes with somebody and it just doesn't work out, yeah, it's then for the you best. let nature take its course and then poof, gone. Yeah, it's for the so best. that's like the least amount of work needed, and I love those. Yeah. But, I mean, sometimes you have that. Sometimes it's, <laughs> you have way more attachments, so you got to disconnect all the cables. Yeah. So, I mean, that part can be a little bit more yeah. draining. So, I mean, we have different types. I mean, you got the personal, like, inner circle, like, cancellations. And then you have more the society cancellations, if you will. And we'll kind of get that in just a brief second. But before we go any further, we got to make sure that our esteemed guests can uh, – relate to the general public so before we go on i got two questions for you okay you sure you ready i i i, I gotta get ready I gotta get <laughs> <laughs> all right so before we move on we always ask all of our guests um first why does your mental matter to you well oof, i think that my mental matters to me because just like any other part of of my health um, I, it should be a priority. I think that your, your like, your mind and, and, and wellness with your mind and making sure that you feel, you feel that that's a safe place for you. I think it it, it determines everything. It determines for me like my productivity, uh, and how I feel about myself, how I feel about other people. Um, it really is like a make or break between. Uh, like success or not mm. um, it's I feel like it it also just reflects too like just even having things like self-compassion which is something I learned about like through like my therapist last like last year was like self-compassion and really really shifting the thought about yourself and not even looking at because people kind of talked about it in a way of like self-love but really it's more about just being compassionate with yourself and like really figuring out what that means. I think it totally shifted my whole, my whole mental health in a different way. Once, once I started to acknowledge and realize what that meant. Okay. That's what's up. Big time. All right. So one, one more thing I just want to make sure because um, in 2019, our, one of our biggest focuses is kind of refocusing our efforts on um, pop, properly redefining what man up means for the culture. And I mean, man up can be anything for like strictly for the fellas, because obviously we're, we're men, but I mean, women can man up too at the same time. So like for the fellas and as a car carrying person of the women's society, um, <laughs> what would you say is one way that we, that men can man up properly? Uh, I would say, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so like that for me can mean so many things, right? Because sometimes when people say, um, people say man up, it's a way to say like to, to be more aggressive, to be more tough. Right. And I think that like boys and men get enough of that already. Yes. So for me, I feel like man up would be more like be yourself in that way. Like how are you, are you doing whatever you're doing as your authentic and true self? Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um, are you doing, you know, the things that you're doing or saying things you're saying for the betterment of of yourself and for other people? 
Right. And I think that's what, what man that would be for me. It's like, are you being yourself and are you treating other people uh, the way you want to be treated? Shout out. She nailed it. Round of applause. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that that's going to be part one to this whole entire year. But uh, thank you for that. That was definitely in line with what I was thinking. <laughs> so I ain't got to answer it no more. But um, <laughs> most importantly, again, we just want to make sure that our fellas know that it's okay to man up properly. And it doesn't always mean to be the masculine tough guy. Um, nice. Men have feminine qualities all the time. And we shouldn't be defined as soft or less than because we don't want to bust, like, bust somebody in the nose. Like, that's not truly what being a man is all about. Um, so, with that being said, in our society, as you know, we have a few shining examples of people that need to be canceled. Um, particularly Mr. Robert Kelly, but we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> the purpose of this episode is not another surviving R. Kelly session at all, because right. I'm tired of those think tanks <laughs> at all. But we have a lot of different artists in our society that, um, for the lack of better terms, they need to be canceled. And because sometimes we may have grown up to their music or, like, you know, just their best frontal self or how they treat people and things of that nature, we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes until mm-hmm. people speak up, people talk about it. Um, the Me Too movement was very powerful to make sure that stuff happens and those discussions are had. So we want to talk about some ways to properly and fully cancel celebrities, if you will. So, when you think of that, what would you think would be the best way, from your perspective, to cancel somebody like that? So, I, um, it's interesting because, like like I said, I, like a lot of my work is around media literacy. And so, that really involves me not only looking at, like, pieces of content, but also, like, the source. Mm-hmm. and where things come from. So I think that, like, when it comes to, to cancer celebrities, it, a lot of it comes down to, like, your own, like, your own morals and the things that you feel and believe are right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that for some people it's hard to kind of separate a person from their product. But honestly, you kind of have to look at them as one and the same because, like, what this person is creating, honestly, is a reflection in them. Especially anything that does with, like has to do with the art. It's like this is a person's art, and who that person is kind of it matters as well. Mm. With that said, too, there are people who have done things, and they are like celebrities and have done things, and they've also like experienced restorative justice in a way that they weren't fully canceled, but they also have some remorse for the things that they've done. They've also, like, tried to contribute to things not happening anymore. They took account, you know, they were accountable for their actions and knew what they did was wrong. And so in that case, should that person be completely canceled? You know, I honestly, I can't, I, I don't think so. Because it's more, like I said, it's that restorative justice where, like, they are understanding what was going on and what they did was not okay. Mm-hmm. And they're making a commitment to be better. Because people change and people evolve. <clears throat> and for celebrities, unfortunately, they just evolve in the public eye. So we all we all go through those kind of shifts and changes all the time. We all have different perspectives about things all the time. 
it's just more public, you know what I mean? I think even some ways, like, social media makes ours more public, where we our shifts and changes are more public. Right. So I think what, in the case of, I don't know if you want me to start talking about R. Kelly or not in that way, but I would say with him, he wasn't really being held accountable. You know, he wasn't taking any accountability for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think that's what really was like, not only are you, have you been known to do these things, you're not also not taking accountability or trying to get better or you're trying to understand or trying to learn or trying to help and support. I'll use another example, Ray Rice, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so he, you know, was seen to, like, be physically violent with someone, and we was kissing Ray Rice. We was done with Ray Rice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so now he, but then he used what was happening to, like, educate himself and to be more involved. So, like, it's a conference in California. Um, it's in L.A. actually in March, and he's going to be there talking with another guy, like a man in the movement, about what happened and his responsibilities after this. Mm. So for me, it's like, okay, some people were conflicted, but I was like, I'm happy that that's being had because there's really no way that we can make changes in culture, society in general if we shame people afterwards. And there's a difference between a person feeling guilt for what they did and then feeling shame, ashamed of it. Mm. And shame brings a whole different level of like, um, like, like more like emotional self-harm and it makes you feel down there yourself it makes you feel like you're the bad person and not what you did and your actions were the bad thing gotcha. okay. so i think that's the, the the i guess the pro you asked me what was the proper way to cancel celebrities i would say just look at and see you know who that person is and are they taking responsibility for for their actions and not just sending like signing a check and sending it over to somebody but how are they really shifting and changing is the music changing? Is, you know, are their behaviors and actions changing? Are their interviews changing? Like, really seeing those things and then make that choice after that and decide. Gotcha. So, I, I, I do agree with you on a couple of different points. One, I mean, people do, all people have the ability to grow and evolve. Um, and I think I was looking through some of your um, content that you put out. And one of the things you kind of talked about was when you have a seed and you, um, Ultimately, you have this environment. You have this seed. You can water it all day, but if it's in the wrong environment, basically, then, you know, it's going to grow a different way versus if it's, you know, in a sunny environment. So, like, I think really from that standpoint, um, you, we got to kind of look at, you know, and it's crazy because on social media, you know, <laughs> the great majority is a judge. Mm-hmm. So we get to say what's... uh what you can come back from versus what you can't come back from. Right. So in the, I, I guess where I'm conflicted is just being a black man in society is when you have the situation of what R. Kelly did for me, it's like, it sucks because like you grew up listening to the chocolate factory. You grew up listening to uh, what's that TP two or you grew up listening to, like 12 play or whatnot. And some of the music was dope, but now it's just like, but we got to cancel you now. I, I know that your streams are going up because people are talking about you now. And human nature is going to say for all the people that like your music, we're going to go listen to R. Kelly. But in fact, one of the ways I think that you ultimately cancel somebody with such stature is you take away from those streams. 
You stop listening. Like, I remember when we were talking about the whole NFL thing with Colin Kaepernick. And everybody was like, you got to boycott the <clears throat> NFL. It's starting to third. Stop watching games, blah, blah, blah. And for a period of time, we saw that decline. They talked about the ratings, mm-hmm. how they went down. But over time, we didn't follow that cancellation policy. It went mm-hmm. right back up, and people start watching football again. People start listening to their music again. So, like, I guess one of the ways we got to make sure that we're not contributing to, like, their sources of income. We're not contributing to their sources of fame, which could either be, again, if it's sports, watching them on TV. Or if it's their music, then we cancel them out of the catalogs or whatnot. Like, so that I think that's one of the major ways you can cancel, like, more, quote-unquote, celebrities or popular people, if you will. But that's where it gets conflicting, right? Mm-hmm. So, what about you? What do you think another way to cancel somebody that's considered a celebrity, if you will? I actually drafted up something. You like drafted a, up something? Yeah, like an actual, Listen, like, phrase. Bring us the how-to guide to cancel nah, these ain't shit people. It, there it you go. Just, it was just my definition Oh well. Uh, about the celebrity thing. I said uh, the cancellation policy is the action of rem- it's the action of removing or banishing or ostracizing of someone who is a part of the culture from the culture, no matter the level of prominence. This can be due to their behaviors and actions regarding the lives of mankind, the lives of humans, their political alignment, or their blatant ignorance to issues that affect the overall culture. That part. That was what I came up with. That's fair. <laughs> so kind of expound on that. I mean, so... I mean, I think it's very befitting to, to have that information, but like, for layman's terms, like, what would that mean? Like, how do we possibly, how do we do that? How do we ostracize someone? Yeah, how do you do that? I mean, I mean, you know, somebody like, again, your Ray Rice's, your yeah. Chrisette Michelle's, or people of that yeah. nature, like, how do you, you like, how do you cancel them? I mean, I think like for, for like musicians and singers, um, those people who actually make music, they, like you said, they have. Sh- you have to touch their their stream numbers. You have to touch their um, overall. I guess you could say like availability to like like actually come to your city. Like if you saw like some of the Surviving R. Kelly stuff, they're actually outside of his arenas, outside of where tickets were sold. Like actually holding protests, and they they were there with signs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think that's a part of it. Like actually like touching what they do and how right. they actually get their music or get their art out. Um, as far as uh, like other people, like I, I had, I had like listed some examples. I know we went through that before in our last episode, where we listed like Floyd Mayweather and like Fifty Cent, like Adrian Broner, those guys or whatnot. Absolutely. But um, I feel like it all comes to us, like like on our own individual level, not giving them our attention. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, the people in our culture, the only reason like they're part of the culture is because we gave them the spotlight. Like we controlled them coming to, yeah, we 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 controlled them coming up to like the level that they're at. Like I mean, like, like even Kanye, like he was you know a part of like Rockefeller and like he produced all his great music. He was on the Blueprint, like Vinny Siegel album. Then he came out with the College Dropout, and it's like everybody was loving it. He was something new. He was something that was not the regular like jersey rapper not the he was rap about drugs and none of that stuff it was right. all like conceptual it, it made you think it touched your soul and that's how he came up and then it's like we gave him that attention because he was different because he was something new and it's like we could still like take that attention away from him um the same way that we gave it to him so i feel like it has to be like a collection of us just saying you know no nah, not really we don't want you no more right yeah hmm. 
Well, I think part of that is, and I think you kind of touched on it, is we gave you the spotlight. Yeah. And when you give somebody the spotlight, people see what's in the spotlight. Like everybody, it's not just us. Yeah. So now, I mean, you get global attention. You got people that don't look like us mm-hmm. praising this person. Like, oh man, they're the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And then they do stupid shit. <laughs> and now they have the spotlight that the rest of the world's like, oh no, we'll supply the energy. You can take the you take your cords out. It's all good. We got this. Mm-hmm. And now it's to the point where it's just like, oh, we created a monster. What were we thinking? Mm-hmm. So I mean. That's the part where it gets difficult, but again, I think if it, as much as it is an individual effort, I mm-hmm. think it's also a collective effort of making sure that we all together understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. Moving in that wave mm-hmm. and saying, hey, you know what? Don't you dare go listen to that shit. You turn it off now. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. like, if it tries to come up on your shuffle, mm-hmm. on your titles or whatnot, and you go, and like, hey, no, I, I don't want to hear this. Mm-hmm. If it comes up on your Pandora, you're giving it the thumbs down when that song comes on. Mm-hmm. But whatever mm-hmm. it takes to possibly, like, get them out of those streams, if you will, then we mm-hmm. got to take like, whatever cautionary measures. Um, I will say, like, uh, in my lifetime, the people I've seen have been successful the most at, like, canceling people have been people in religion. Like, Man. like, like I've been to like different churches and, and, and like, you'll hear, you'll hear, hear stories about, you know, oh, like, yeah, this person used to be the pastor at such and such church. And it's like, well, they're not there anymore. You know, the, the members, you know, they took, uh, they had a meeting and they voted him out. And <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Like, where he run off to? Like, he's somewhere down <laughs> South. You know, he started a new Baptist church. So it's just like, what happened? He was just here like two weeks ago. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, we got an interim pastor. You know, the name of the church has changed, you know? So, right. I, I feel like they've been like people in religion have been the most successful. I need to go to church then. People. We need to figure out how. All right, how, can y'all help us cancel our Kelly? Like, <laughs> this is a true state. We need to make this happen. Um, so we kind of talked about like taking people out of the celebrity spotlight and canceling them. Um, let's get into the port, the part, not port. Yeah, let's get into the part where we talk about um people that are more so in our circle. So, um. Well, I guess the best way to get into this is, I mean, again, we've all had somebody we've had to just chuck the deuces to and get rid of them. Um, we'll start with you. So what is the, you, you kind of mentioned the way that you handled it, but what do you think are one of the more healthiest ways to, like, distance yourself and cancel someone? That's close to You me. know, <clears throat> Yeah, I think, again, like, having that conversation with the person, mm-hmm. like, as much as you can, right? Because sometimes you could try to be open and have, like, a, a really open dialogue with somebody and they not, they don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, um, my thought around that is just, like, if you do have that conversation with the person, let them know, like, how their actions made you feel. Right. As, as opposed to blaming that person or, like, mm-hmm. like I said, shaming them. Um, just letting them know, like, this is how, whatever happened, this is how I'm feeling about it, and this is what I need to happen. You know, like, I need to separate myself. I need some distance. Um, and if the person really, like, was for you and cared about you and, you know, like, and I say for you in the sense of, like, they, they have your back and they really are a friend in that way, then they would respect that and be like, okay, I get it. But someone who really doesn't, it doesn't really respect your feelings about things, it's going to get upset, and that's how you know this isn't the person you probably want around you anyway. Right. So I think for sure, just like they making that communication very open and letting the person know like exactly how you feel about with whatever is happening or happening, and let them know what you need 
Gotcha. Um, and being really specific about things too. Because sometimes I think that I, I, I was talking about the unhealthy way. I think the unhealthy way was like just completely cutting somebody off. Um, and I say that because it just it takes away our ability to make true connections and talk to people. And I feel like too, like if how do you ever expect to have a relationship with like anybody, friends, family, a partner, whoever, if you aren't able to really talk to a person about how you're feeling and how you know how 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 something they did made you feel. Right. You know, like how could you ever do that if you're able, not able to establish those true boundaries? How are you ever going to have a really, you know, like the kind of the kind of friendships and strong relationships you want with people? You have to be able to talk to somebody about that and true. let them know. So I think like being open and communicating is really the most important, the important way. That's funny you say that because I'm. I think you shared some very, very important like points there. Um. So I've actually had a moment where I had to, like, change my communication, like, with someone. And uh, so one of the other ways, it's very related to it, is limiting phone conversation. Um, I find that being short with someone after you've kind of established that boundary really helps them to understand, like, oh, I'm really uncanceled. So, like, case in point. It is a very close family member of mine, and um, they made a lot of decisions in their life just based on their past history. We all have things we go through, and they have an issue with addiction, whether that be drugs or alcohol. And so, ultimately, I let them know, like, I don't want to talk to you when you're doing that. Because it makes me feel sad. It pisses me off when you do these things. Mm-hmm. Because you're not in your state of mind, and it triggers something to me that wants to disassociate myself with you. And I told them this in their drunkenness, so it probably wasn't the best time. So timing is definitely everything there. But I explained this again. What I actually did was um, I let them hang themselves. Um, so sometimes you have to remind people of why you're canceling them. So that first gene with discussion, as you mentioned, may not be the bit, might not be the only way to do it. But sometimes such as like reminding them of a conversation y'all had. So they left me a series of voicemails. And technology has allowed us the space to be able to share those things with the click of like two touches to your cell phone. And I sent those voicemails back. And the next time they tried to just say, oh, hey, you want to hang out? I was just like, boop, boop, sing. (laughs) And they saw that, and they stopped replying. And I think at that point they realized, oh, shit, I'm canceled for real. (laughs) So, I mean, you have to make sure you stand firm with those boundaries. Um, Being short on phone conversations is another way. Um, So that's one of my, what, what about you, bro? You mean as far as ways that you cancel people? Yeah, like health, like the best, like healthy way possible. I know it's not going to be a quote unquote perfect way, but yeah. some means or methods that you find are less like damaging more than like, healthy for yourself. Like, how did you? What's another way you say to cancel someone? I mean, when I was in when I was younger, probably like ten years ago, I would just stop answering the phone, mm-hmm. and they would just like eventually get the point. Mm. 
I think you mentioned earlier how you just hit the block button on social media, <laughs> that type of thing. But yeah. um, as far as like in the case of like family, because you know you don't get to choose who your family is, nope. you're just born into it. So with family, it's like at times you know um, you have like cousins or whatnot that that don't do the same things that you do. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it's it's like you know you live a totally different lifestyle. Um. It's just it's just kind of like hey like you know you see him on like Thanksgiving and then kind of like keep it moving or whatnot like that. Um, I feel like like I I just feel like like my mission and their mission like kind of like doesn't align. Right. So it kind of like like how you said natural selection earlier. It it it's not like I actually like have to like come to them and say like we can never do this we can never do that. It's just more so they're always doing their thing. I'm always doing my thing. And the two never, like, link up together, that type of thing. Um, so you did it in a way such that you kind of let nature take its course. and So you're yeah. more of the not direct, right. aggressive person. You're, yeah. like, passive, like, well, I'm going to just stay right yeah. here. Bubble, <laughs> and I'm going to let you get the point. Right. See, me, I, I kind of share that sentiment. Uh-huh. But what I've learned over, like, the last, I don't know, how long have I known Elena? Over, like, the last, like, eight years is sometimes... It's okay to let somebody else know. <laughs> and it's a very, very weird position. But I remember I was going to, this is around the time my grandmother was uh, relatively sick. And um, I'll be quite frank. So it was me and my mother. Mm-hmm. We're going to see my grandmother. And my mom is still on her high, basically. And so we get to the hospital. And she literally is like, just all in my grandmother's face while she's in this bed. And my grandmother's sitting here looking like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. just looking at her funny. And so I remember the doctor saying, you know, why? She's got to leave. She's having a third. So we're in the car. My mother's just talking. She's here. She's here. She's here. And for any people that are human, you know, that that don't mind keeping it real, I, I'll keep it real for like a good like five seconds here. Mm-hmm. I had to let her ass know. <laughs> First off, what you're not going to do is shame me for any of the decisions that I've made in my life. Mm-hmm. Second, half of this shit's your fault. <laughs> and then thirdly, what you're not going to do is surround me with your bullshit. So you need to stop right now. <laughs> so we're in the car on the freeway. I'm driving. I'm giving her all this. Mm-hmm. And this is for the first time in my life where I actually like went off on somebody. Okay. Now, to some people that know me, they'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. Yeah. But... It was necessary. It got to the point where she was like squeezing my bubble. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things you have to make sure that you disassociate yourself, whether that be electronically, whether that be your personal space, or just with their presence. You can't let them intrude on what your personal space is. Because once they get to that point, especially with your mind, you got to let them know. Mm-hmm. And I let her know at that time. And, you know, ever since then, I would say things are quote unquote better. But I'm still at that point where I'm letting her know, like, I don't want to talk to you in this space, and this is what you're going to get every time. And staying consistent. And so, she knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's certain conversations she will call me just to make sure I'm alive and vice versa. And make sure everything's good. And I'm like, well, you truly haven't addressed your demons, so I don't want to talk to you much after this. So, I love you. Bye. Mm-hmm. And as much as that's a tough pill to swallow, Sometimes it's like that. Mm-hmm. And so 
the thing that I'm grateful for in that space is that I went through that. So now I can handle this and do it with anybody. Mm-hmm. So whether that be like very close, like friend, another family member, things of that nature, I won't put myself in those environments anymore because I know I'm going to like, <laughs> I'm going to make them gossip at the family functions. Like, oh, Richard's just a bad person. <laughs> like, I don't mind being that person. That's fine. So, yeah, the cancellation policy is a real near and dear thing. And I think that for the culture, we got to know proper ways to cancel people. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, I guess if we had to offer pieces of advice for people we're canceling, if you will, what would be your piece of advice for someone that's about to enforce the cancellation policy? To someone who is about to tell someone, like, that they... Um, are you talking about in a personal circle? Uh, either. We'll say both. Because... Both. Again, I don't want to see another. I'm canceling somebody. R. Kelly post. I don't want to see another of that. Mm-hmm. And then six months later, I see oh, this is my jam. No, I don't want to see it no more. <laughs> so for the culture, how can we get people to reinforce the cancellation policy? I would say for sure, understand like you said earlier, like understand why you're actually doing it. Yes. Like, like for me, it's just been amazing the amount of people that are like. Oh no! Like with me and R. Kelly doing this and that, and like to to see that that shift and that change of people's attitudes. Because honestly, like four years ago, people wasn't saying that and doing that. Like this is not the you know like it's just weird. I don't know. But I say actually really understand and educate yourself and know why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, like for real, like just really understand why for your own self, not because it's a trendy thing to do or not because that's the way that's happening right now, but really like for sure understand why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think to like really making sure that um, you stand firm in what in, in your own feelings, like really like standing firm in that and, and setting those boundaries for yourself. Um, I think that's the that's the best way to do it. Like to to not to result in not going back and forth. Now, is with people it's a little bit different, right? With someone who's in your personal circle, mm-hmm. it can be different because people can shift and change, and you can build that relationship. Again, like I said, the same thing can happen too in the more celebrity space where maybe that person is starting to be more accountable and maybe it's like, okay, well, we want to, you know, still consider what this person has to say, but it should not be within, like you said, like four months later. It shouldn't be that. Right. You know what I mean? I think that you have to really, like, you know, stand firm on that. And, and, and I think that the, the issue comes because people try to make it such a very much collective kind of thing. Um, and it's trendy to do things like that sometimes. And I, I really, I really hope that people are really actually believing the things that they're saying. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a strong proponent. Like, very, if we're talking about very practical kind of things, like write, write it down, <laughs> write it yes. down, write out exactly everything that you're feeling, journal it. You know, talk to someone else about it. Get informed opinions. Like, ask for advice from others that are neutral or that even maybe have differing opinions from yours so you're able to see every side and perspective of something mm-hmm. and then make your choice. That's you know, and that way you know you're not making it prematurely or you know you're not, like, doing it just because it's the way or it's something that you feel like you should be doing. Like, really, you know, stand firm in the, the things that you, you believe in. Got you. That's real. I think you nailed it. So, 
I'm gonna take it one step further just for the end of this whole thing. So your nonprofit and your organization you're a part of, you're really dedicated to making sure that people understand the tools they need, whether they deal with like domestic violence in terms of like sexual abuse and things of that nature. So like for somebody that may be going through that type of situation, similar to the victims um, that we talk about, well, I won't call them victims. I'll say survivors. Um, mm-hmm. when we talk about the survivors of people that's been through like sexual abuse or any type of abuse like that. What's like one piece of advice you'd give them? Or two. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. And you know, I think that the thing that all of us have to kind of remember is that like people, the choice to leave is ultimately that person's choice. Right. And it's so, it's really interesting. I was just like, I think I was like either reading or writing something about this the other day about a person's choice to leave yep. and how it's not as simple as we, should, we try to make it seem. Like, why don't they just do this? And that's easy for us to say because we're not, we're not in a situation where we never know, you know, why, why those things happen. So I think that, you know, for anyone who is going through, like, an abusive relationship or, like, experiencing sexual abuse, mm-hmm. and abuse meaning that, like, it's something that's ongoing and, and, and you know, a longer-term kind of thing. Not, and that's the difference between, like, sexual violence, which is more like a one-act kind of thing. So just speaking in terms of a situation where a person is feeling fearful and stuck and, like, they can't do anything about it, um, just ultimately making sure that it's safe. Like, thinking about first, what is the safest way that I can do this? Um, what would be the consequences, you know, if I did? And then thinking about the consequences of leaving, okay, now, what? how can I do this in a safe way, and who can I rely on and depend on? Right. I don't think other people know how important their role is in someone else leaving and getting freedom in that way. Mm-hmm. Um it really does. A lot of times, it's not just just that one person. They need people, and this is a the sad part about it is a lot of times folks who are abusive will isolate someone mm-hmm. and tell them that they don't need other people and they only need you know that you only need me. So I think that as like folks on the outside too, keep that in mind that that person needs people to help them. They need people. Doesn't matter if it's a shelter, if it's a friend or a family, whoever. They need other folks. You know, they need other people. So, I think too, just like for someone who is experiencing, realizing, and knowing that you have, you have people, and identify who those people are. Right. Who are the people that you know that you can rely on and depend on, that you can trust? Mm. Who are the people that you know? And if if they, if you don't have that, then how can you find those people? And the way to find those people is by you know, looking up the local place, you know, in your area. Look look up who is there because, again, there are people who every day go to work just to be that person for someone who doesn't have anyone else. Right. That is, that is, it's people there all the time. So you always have someone. So knowing that you have someone and then making that choice. And with domestic violence, honestly, it's literally a, a, a choice of life and death. Yeah. When a person is, is so abuse like especially if they're being physically abusive. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times, if the person does not leave the way that relationship is, is that their partner like kills them. Like that is a real. It's really a matter of life and death. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's hard because you can get to a point where you feel like you don't value your life in the same way. 
sort of feel like I'm not really valuing my life, but do you want your life to be over in the hands of this person? Like, you know, just really understand that, that there is there there is more, you know, and that, that your life still has value. Right. It's hard. It's such a it's such a hard and tough thing to um to go through and deal with, but it is possible, you know, for people to to leave and mm-hmm. they have to be the ones who also make that choice. Right. And in making that choice they just just knowing that they're not by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, that when they're ready that there are people that are there to support them when they're ready. Right. And I'm glad you really touched on that because, I mean, one, you've obviously dedicated your life to making sure that people understand those tools and options. Um, I think one of the things that I've personally struggled with is being in those domestic relationships and not necessarily, like, with, like, a significant other, like, a girlfriend or a spouse or anything, but more so along the lines of either one, just that type of behavior that could end up being, like, abusive. Like, whether that be just the conversations or, like, the not uplifting things you can say to somebody. But also, like, growing up, being a child and having parents that maybe do drugs. Like, mm-hmm. even though they're not, like, physically, like, beating the hell out of you, it's mentally draining. Like, it has a negative impact on your life. And, like, I literally had to find ways and, like you said, find people that I could run to about it and go to about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful to say, like, if it wasn't for those, like, since I had those people, I was more mentally prepared to disassociate myself with them, even when I was still depending on their their well-being. So I think it's very important that, you know, people like yourself um, are able to kind of just shine your light on terms of creating these organizations and reaching out and being that resource where people can actually go out and talk to, you know, People that have the tools can equip you with the tools that you need to be successful to get out of those environments. Um, I guess the last point for me is, and you can go fight the next five hours if you like about it, but um, I don't want to all lives matter to this at all. So this is not my intent. But mm-hmm. a lot of times we hear about cases where, you know, women are domestically abused or sexually abused, but it's not just women. Like, that's one of the biggest things. So, I guess in your experience, uh, is it more men or women between 11 and 24 that deal with domestic or sexual abuse? Oh, that's a good one. So, that's uh, that's really why my company is named 1124 is right. because um, that is where the most <laughs> risk is for, for men, for like men and women, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. That's what the most, like, at, at the highest risk. And so any statistics that you'll see, it's usually with young people is 11 to 24. And so for, um, it is girls and women who are, who, who experience it more. Right. Right. But um, young men, one in six young men uh, experience some type of sexual, like, violence or abuse before the age of 18. Mm. So that is, it's really younger boys that are experiencing more of it. Um and then the high, honestly, the highest rate and the most at-risk population is women 16 to 24. Mm. That is the, the 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 highest. And then young people ages 11 to 17, just young people in general, including boys and girls, um, experience the the high like experience uh, sexual violence the most. Mm. Um, and then I know I have I have just a plethora of statistics. I'm trying. And I really I usually do. don't I, like them, but it's just so... I'll pay been, extra for this. Like, I need this as well. Like, 
it's important we get the word out. So yeah, and then so like uh, for for girls, it's one in four women, right? One in four women and girls experience sexual violence. But then for men, for men, for like abusive relationships, it's about like one in ten. So like it's it really is something that happens to everyone. But women a lot of times are victimized a lot more and are abused and hurt and harmed a lot more, and that's really because of uh, institutions of power. Right. You know, um, it it's really boils down to, like, oppression. But if we look even further, men of color um, and boys of color experience it even more, right? Mm-hmm. So anytime you add an oppression onto a person, they're going to experience something more. They're going to be at a greater risk for it. Right. Um, so, like, black women, black girls especially, are, like, among the highest risk. Like, Native women are the only other group of people that experience relationship abuse and sexual violence more than black girls and women. Mm. They're like at the same amount. But yeah, like it's like a disproportionate number. Right. Uh, so it's, and you know, this within like the black community just in general, like I think that there needs to be more education around, around that, like, because we don't always get, um, opportunities are funny even learn even have conversations you know what i mean about it and talk about it but it's something real that really affects a lot of people mm. a whole lot of people and people sometimes it's you know people have experienced it don't even realize that what happened with sexual violence or sexual abuse they didn't realize that that that's what that was right so i'm really glad you share shed a lot of light on that because really at the root of everything we do um, when we say we want to properly redefine man up a lot of that is the responsibility of man. So I know we have gender roles that exist in society that I think are 50-50. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're trash. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say one of the biggest responsibilities of our, our men, especially our black men, is to protect black women and black children. And so um, in order for us to do that, we must be cognizant of all the things that we need as black men to be well-rounded black men. So I guess in short... You know, when we ask about, you know, what's one thing you think you can, that can helpfully, helpfully and hopefully redefine what man up means. We want to make sure that we're spreading that awareness as far as the podcast to make sure that, hey, men, like, this is what we got to do to be better. Because a lot of women think we just ain't shit. And so we're trying to (laughs) shift that whole narrative and make sure that, you know, we're doing things possibly for the culture to make sure that. We're physically good, we're mentally good, we're financially good, we're spiritually good, and we can be educated and still, like, you know, stay moisturized and all that good stuff. So, with all that being stated and said, um, if people want to more so get reason, like get more information about, you know, the tools and tips that you offer, um, how would they reach you? Oh, no. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> All right, it's working. Gary, yes, thank God. So, okay. <laughs> if people wanted to reach out to you, how could they get in contact with you? So, um, on my website is uh, eleven written out dash the four dot org. So eleven dash twenty four dot org. And I have uh, some resources on there. I just put out two new handouts. One, people a lot of times ask, like, what can you do or what can I do after, you know, they start to learn about this sexual violence and relationship abuse. Mm-hmm. So I have a handout about that. 
another one about how what kind of conversations you can have with young people and how you can start having those conversations with them. So outside of, like, the school stuff they might get, but, like, how can you really start to have like, real conversations with young people? So those things just came up. So those are on there. But even beyond that, it's more specifically um, if they have questions about, like, people in the area, I would always say you can Google it, but if you want to just talk more or if you just want to talk to me more about um, some of the things that I'm doing, you can definitely just email me at tanji at 1124, 11-24.org. You can find me on social media at Agape Times on Instagram. And I also have an Instagram page for uh, 1124. It's just at underscore 1124. Awesome. Um, but if you Google it, too, you, if you Google 1124, it, it come up. It comes up. <laughs> so you could just you said, I am uh, searchable. You can find me. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, 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 a, it's a searchable, searchable name. Um, I just have like other resources, like I use books and all kind of stuff to, to yep. teach about these things, songs. So I have a playlist that I use to teach about relationships. Okay. Some, some videos and all that good stuff. So definitely social media for sure. Follow me on Instagram. Um, that's great. And then in Detroit, one of like my mentors and friends, Kalima Johnson, has a uh, soccer center, which is for women, uh, black women who have experienced sexual violence. Uh, okay. She has a healing center in Detroit, and she's just bomb in general. Absolutely. And then Detroit, I definitely have resources there. So there are people in Detroit who are – doing this doing this work every day and, and black women who are doing like amazing stuff and uh Kalima and Nicole are are like co co leaders with um you are Kelly Detroit and so um it's two people, two women in Detroit who are doing this, this amazing work all the time. So if you want someone more local, I would say uh Kalima Johnson, Nicole Denson in Detroit. Cool. So I'll definitely make sure that, that gets into the description description section for our episode Um, because again we want to make sure that people are aware of these resources and i mean just the fact that you guys are just doing such phenomenal things for the community not just in detroit but all over the world all over the country it seems um we want to make sure that people in those certain areas that may listen to this podcast in those areas may want to reach out and get some assistance so um that being said we appreciate you we love you and Thank you for dealing with our shenanigans for like the last hour and some change. <laughs> and um, for thank those, you for having me. No doubt, we gotta maybe do this again or catch up when you in the city, man. Cool, yeah, for sure. I um probably not gonna be in the winter time. Nah, not at all. I would, I wouldn't want you to. It's cold. <laughs> I don't want to. I want to be where you at. So uh, we'll talk about that. But anyway, um, for all you guys that may or may not know, we're on social media um, at. On Instagram at Mental Matters Podcast, on Facebook at Mental Matters Podcast Community, and also on Twitter at Mental Matters P. Um, if you definitely want to give us feedback about this episode, you can go to the comment sections that we'll have available, but also email us at Mental Matters Podcast at gmail.com. So, with that being said, you got anything else for the people, bro? I don't have anything else for the Nothing. People. What? I say just let the mic drop <laughs> where she left it. Bow. <laughs> she dropped that mic for real, bro. Like, listen. I'm so excited. Shout out to you, man. Tanji's my, Tanji's my shiro. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not just talking mess. I'm dead serious. So, um, yeah. 
We love you guys. Thanks for listening. And that's it. Have a good one. All right. Thank you.